Welcome to the Mac Emerge Podcast. My name is Teresa Chen, and with me I have Kevin Dong, Brendan Trotter, and Joanna Dida, and we'll be your podcast team. Our goal is to connect all the McMaster-affiliated emergency physicians so we all get to know each other a little better. We have so much great talent and expertise in this region. We want to highlight it into one regional podcast. Each podcast features one invited guest to speak about their expertise or interests. Additionally, we will feature external speakers who have delivered regional rounds at one of our teaching sites. And don't forget about the residents. We'll be featuring stories about our residents and what they've been up to as well. All right, are you ready? Let's get started with this month's episode. Hello everyone, my name is Gurinder and I'm one of the PGY1s in the Emergency Medicine Program. Today I'm lucky enough to be joined by two of my colleagues, Garrett McDougall and Tabby McGuire. Both of them have experience in the Canadian military before they entered emergency medicine. They both served as medics, and today we'll be hearing about how that experience, one, informed their decision to join emergency medicine, and two, how their skill sets have been transferred to the department. We're excited for you to meet all of our first years over the course of the next year. Thank you for listening, and let's get right into it. Hello, Tabby. Thank you for joining us today. Hi there. Yeah, awesome to be here. So Tabby, we're talking a lot about your time in the military and how it relates to, you know, your new role now as an emergency medicine resident. But before we get to that, there's this quote that I saw uh, that, you know, I think is it's a powerful quote, but I'm also curious to hear what your opinion about it is. And the quote is as follows. Try again, fail again, fail better. Now, my question to you, Tabby, is what does that quote mean to you? And is there any significance behind the quote? Yeah. Um, and I'm impressed that you managed to dig into my Instagram bio. I think I probably put that quote there five, six, seven years ago. So it's good to dig up the old memories. For me, it's mostly a reminder to try new experiences and to remember that most of the learning and those memorable things I've had over the years have come from failures and the more difficult experiences. I have a tendency to kind of stay within my comfort zone and to try to perfect things, whether that's medical practice or sport or how I'm presenting things. And I forget to get out there and try new things that I could potentially fail at. So I'm getting better at failing upwards, um, I think is a a good way to phrase that failing in a way that I I learn a little bit and get better each time, even though it's not perfect at the end of the day. And I think this is a great experience of, or a great example of a new experience. I am not a public speaking person. I'm not an extroverted person. So podcasting is not something that I have done, or I would think is a fun thing to do for myself. So this has been one of those out of the comfort zone experiences, um, which I think will be super fun. I think we all have those presentations where you read the triage note and you're dreading it already. God, I hate headaches. Uh, This is not sudden onset. This is, I am now in the gray zone. I don't know what to do, but you're so right. So, you know, continuing to expose ourselves to those presentations and getting better each time and continuing to fail in a safe way. Um, So would you mind telling us a little bit about what roles you've played in the military, just for some context so we can understand what uh, skills set you're bringing into the emergency department? been a medic in the military for the last eight years now in the reserve so in the part-time military Um, so I started back in first year university I wanted some more hands-on experience you know doing my undergrad in medical science wanting to be a doctor but sitting through physiology pharmacology anatomy lectures feeling very far away from actual medical care this was kind of a good bridge to hands-on medical stuff, learning about patients, communication, actually feeling like I'm contributing um, within that time. So 
I joined as a medical assistant, which means I don't have any formal paramedic training. And that's still true to this day. In our unit, we're about 50% paramedics, 50% non-paramedics. And we cover medical exercises um, within Canada with other reserve units. So we do the live medical coverage when they go out, shoot on the range, when they go into the field for three days, seven days, 30 days, and they're a couple hours away from definitive medical care. So a lot of our training is prolonged field care, trauma management, um, but the majority of what we see as medics is rolled ankles, blisters, cold weather injuries, hot weather injuries. So getting really comfortable with just managing the minor stuff, and it's helped me develop that gestalt of sick or not sick, like does this patient need to be transferred to a hospital that might be four hours away from us, or can I manage this in the field? And that's something that I have always been very uncomfortable with when you're the only medic and maybe I've been trained up for one year in a company of 100 people. There's lots of people with 30 years military experience, but they have no medical experience. And I'm trained in EMR with a little bit of ITLS training, and I'm expected to manage anything that might pop up. Um, so I've just been getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable, which has been useful in emergency medicine type situations, because I don't think we're ever going to see everything that we could possibly see as a staff. So just learning to be uncomfortable with with new stuff. Um, so I've gotten to do some domestic operations here in Canada, uh, do some joint ops with other countries. Um, I haven't been deployed overseas for anything. There hasn't been much going on in the last eight years, but that would be a, a big military goal of mine for the future. And I plan when I finish residency to switch over to be a medical officer and hopefully continue my involvement that way. I don't think anyone could hear this in the recording, but I was snapping furiously in the background as Tavi was speaking there because so much of that spoke to me. Um, you know, I think being at HHS or any large community or academic site, I should say, uh, it's easy to have dispo plans, you know, starting to formulate in our heads when we see these patients because you have all these incredible specialists that you want to access their expertise to help your, with your patient care because it is best care for the patient at the end of the day. But it's interesting to hear the perspective of, you know, what happens when you're out there and dispo is hours away and you have to make a big decision about how you can care for that person between now and then. Um, so certainly some really cool experience that I hope to learn from you uh, in the next five years. As a follow up to that question, I can kind of see where emergency medicine naturally became the next step for you, because it sounds to me like you felt you know, that you didn't have enough training to be able to see all the things and be able to treat all the things that you were being asked to see in the field and you want to prepare yourself better. Um, but was there any seminal experiences in your time in the military that really point you towards emergency medicine? I think developing that gestalt and really enjoying getting better at what your gut feeling is for patients. Not a lot of specialties talk about clinical gestalt and gut feelings, I think that's a very emerged thing to think about. And some specialists would scoff at that or ask why you didn't order these 60 different blood tests to confirm what your feeling was. But I really like working off those qualitative patient things, um, which fit really well with emergency medicine. And I think a lot of staff and good eMERGE docs feel similar ways. Um, I thought for a while about surgery, that was kind of the other option for me because I'm a very hands-on like kinesthetic type person but honestly spending 10 hours in the OR didn't make me nearly as happy 
as I could see it made all the other surgeons. So it just, it wasn't quite there for me. Um, one of the most important experiences I had was very early on in my military career. I think I was first year as a fully trained medic. I was out on an eight day exercise as one of two medics in a company. So 120 troops about. Um, we were up in Petawawa and it was 30 to 40 degrees for the entire eight days. And we were doing an offensive exercise. So we were walking 20 to 30 kilometers a day, doing attacks, um, doing this big picture mission. And now all of these troops had were mostly in the infantry, had worked up to this exercise for an entire year. And as a medic, we do live coverage throughout the year. So we're training, but we're also doing our job and doing live real stuff. The infantry, they spend an entire year training and they culminate to these big exercises. So everyone there, super excited, super ready to go. Um, no one wants to be out as a casualty. So anyone who we saw was sick did not want to be sent back. But we spent these eight days trying to sift through um, everyone and really figure out who needed that definitive medical care. And over the, the eight days, we had 40 casualties, which is a huge number. It was a third of our um, company, unfortunately, because we were in these crazy hot conditions. We were walking that much with that much kit. Just people didn't do super well. And every time we stopped, we'd walk around the company, ask who was hurt. We'd get 10 or 15 people putting up their hands, lots of minor stuff, dehydration, little things we could manage. And it's like that scenario that you guys have probably heard of, especially lately, where you have 50 people in your emergency department and one of them's dying and you have to figure out who it is while simultaneously triaging, treating everyone else, meeting their expectations and managing that flow through the department. And that's how it felt on that exercise. We had two casualties who had significant medical issues who ended up going into hospital, staying there for days. One of them ended up in the ICU. Neither of them were people who raised their hand when we asked them if they were hurt. And doing that kind of sifting through and actually figuring out who was sick while treating all the minor stuff um, was one of the hardest things I've done, especially in those eight days. I think I could name one night where we slept for more than three hours. The rest of it just kind of blurred together. And it was the fastest and slowest eight days probably of my life. Um, but it was one of the coolest experiences I've had. And it's one of those type two fun experiences where looking back, it was it was great and meaningful and everyone survived. But at the end of the day, it probably wasn't the safest thing overall. And I think that compares well to what we're having to encounter, unfortunately, in emergency medicine right now, where we look back and we're probably going to have bonded so much with staff as residents, as everyone working in these conditions during COVID and now. Um, but ultimately, it's, it's not something that serves patient care, even if it might be culminating in our, our experiences and our development over these years. Um, so yeah, that was one of those experiences that I enjoyed the challenge of, and I think it fit well with the challenges of emergency medicine and choosing a specialty. I was always told to choose things based on worst days versus based on best days. Like it's, it's easy. Everyone loves emergency on the best days. Everything's fun on the fun days, but when it really sucks, like right now, you have to find the challenge in it, keep getting better, um, and even like those days. 
That was really well said, Tabby. I think the one thing I'd like to point out there is I'm going to be adding to my list of patients to be afraid of. Number one, top of the list, everyone knows a farmer in the emergency department, they're going to be very, very sick. There's no doubt about it. Number two, infantrymen just before their big exercise of the year. If they're in the emergency department, there's a good reason why they're there. Noted. I will have ICU on standby when I see one of these patients. Transitioning now towards residency, I know you mentioned some of those uh, things that are in common between the military and the emergency department. Um, but what skills have you taken from the military and how are you going to apply them now in the emergency department as a learner and in the future as an eMERGE doc? One of the things I've really liked in the military is how they teach us to continue learning, but also to become a leader pretty early on. And I think that's something that I missed a little bit in med school and in residency, because all of a sudden you're at the end of med school and a resident and med students are looking at you and nursing and other allied health are looking at you for direction. And you're like, oh my God, it's it's me. <laughs> um, and I didn't learn too much about leadership qualities, teamwork, that sort of thing in med school. But through the military, um, we've had a lot of that formal experience, which I enjoy. Um, thinking more about like how to formulate community, mentorship, that sort of thing, which is really, really important when you're running a team in the emergency department, even as simple as like, how do you debrief after resuscitations? All of a sudden, like we're that person, if we were the one up there running the resuscitation, I've never had a lecture on how to formulate a debrief. So just lots of those soft skills that I think the military is actually pretty good at teaching and that leadership development um, and bringing that into residency as well, because it's really important that we start that early, connect with the med students, like formulate that mentorship. And I think Gurinder is doing a great job of that with these podcasts as well. This is the community and mentorship that we all look for as learners. Absolutely. I couldn't have said about it myself. Uh, I've certainly, I think we've all felt that acutely that now we're taking on a new role that involves a lot more teaching, a lot more um, maybe not responsibility is not the word, but, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely being put in positions of leadership. And it's nice to know that we have a group around us that are, you know, well equipped and we can bounce these ideas off of each other and we can talk about how we can best take on that role in the emergency department together moving forward. So next we'll be speaking with Garrett about his time in the military. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Grinder. Um, so like I said, guys, I'm Garrett. Um, kind of a new transplant to Mac. Uh, was out in the East Coast at Dalhousie before this. And to all the staff that are listening, he loves when you call him Greg or Gregory. Those are his preferred names. Definitely but, better uh, than Godfrey. <laughs> a bit better than Godfrey. You know, I knew a little bit about your background. I knew that you were in the military. We had a few chats about this. And, you know, in Sim, you've been obviously incredibly, you know, knowledgeable. And it, it's clear that you got some really cool experiences that are informing you being an eMERGE resident now. So do you want to just walk us through what your time in the military has looked like? What have your roles been like? Yeah, sure. So I guess to kind of start at the very beginning, I, I joined when I was quite young. I think I just turned 16. And I joined as a medic initially. And so my first few years in the military were, you know, largely doing my military training, but also doing my kind of uh, medic training as well. And that kind of involves some clinical and some pre-hospital uh, training. Uh, and then I spent a couple of following summers after that working in different military clinics, uh, working in Great Bruce County in particular in a clinic up there. Um, and they essentially functioned as walking clinics um, with maybe a little bit more of a procedural flavor. Uh, and during that same time as well, I did a fair bit of kind of pre-hospital care and some more austere environments, uh, went to the field, as we say, um, and got to uh, experience a little bit more of the paramedic 
flavor of uh, medical work. Uh, through that time, kind of uh, during the school year while I was attending university, I kind of started to transition more into leadership roles and instructional roles. Uh, I kind of started initially with small teams and then kind of built from there to larger and larger teams. Um, and as mentioned, kind of through all of that, uh, a big thing for me in the military was teaching. Uh, I found that it was something I was really quite interested in, really enjoyed a lot. Um, and just kind of started taking uh, on opportunities to teach. And I think we'll probably uh, circle back around to that a little bit later. Uh, but eventually um, I kind of made uh, what I had dreaded, uh, which was the transition to being more of a, an administrator, um, which is mostly what I do. Um, and I guess I would say my day job with the military nowadays. Uh, and what a lot of that looks like is curriculum development and implementation. Uh, and despite me dreading this initially, um, I would say, I think it's actually been my best job yet. Um, and certainly my most enjoyed. Yeah, it sounds incredibly fulfilling. And uh, I can see the overlap between that role and what, you know, someone on shift might do in the emergency department in terms of teaching. And, you know, if you work in academia, the curriculum development is absolutely super relevant. So that kind of transitions us into the next question, which is, you know, how does that experience and time in the military inform your decision to do emergency medicine? And in particular, are there any stories of times that you were like, you know what? Yes, this is the career for me. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I think for me, I'm not one of those people where there was any one particular specific moment uh, where I had that realization. Certainly there was a couple of moments that I'll talk about that uh, helped me move towards that direction. Uh, but I think just the, the general nature of having some pre-hospital experience working in the military environment, which was more geared towards emergency medicine, more geared towards trauma, um, informed that to some degree, certainly made me very interested in that subject matter. And I mentioned that there was a couple of uh, experiences that I had had early on that really did push me towards emergency medicine. Uh, and so what had happened, uh, I mentioned I was working in Great Bruce County for a couple of summers as a very junior medic. I was quite young, I think maybe 18, maybe a little bit younger. Um, and I had a couple of uh, patients who ended up being quite sick. Um, and I was kind of functioning independently without, you know, uh, much help at the time. Uh, and I found myself very overwhelmed uh, in these situations, um, totally unawares of how to best manage the situation and kind of what sort of medical care I could provide, how best to help this person, but also beyond the medical nature of it, just kind of the, the soft skills, human skills. Uh, I felt underprepared to deal with those situations. And so I think this, uh, this sense of feeling helpless in the situation uh, really did, in a way, push me towards emergency medicine because at the end of the day, when you think about it, what better specialty uh, to help prepare you for any potential situation than uh, emergency medicine? And so I think kind of that general sense of working environment that was uh, very flavored towards emergency medicine and a couple of those experiences that I had uh, really did push me uh, towards emergency medicine. I think there's a couple of other things um, where there's some overlap between the military and emergency medicine as well that... Um, I think maybe surprisingly, I liked. I think if uh, if anybody follows the news nowadays, uh, we see certainly a lot of negative uh, press towards you know the current healthcare system and what's going on in emergency departments, but also at the same time, uh, what's going on with the military and attrition and toxic culture and things of this nature. Um, and so both in slightly different ways are challenging environments. Um, but I found I found for myself that's always. Um, probably the most uh, beneficial and productive environment for me to be in, um, but one where I, I really seem to enjoy myself more so. 
Um, and I think the final thing that kind of follows from that is that having this challenging landscape, both in the military and emergency medicine, um, really has made me feel like that's a good spot to, you know, work to hopefully make things better within your sphere of influence. So, you know, if you can potentially create this little bubble around yourself um, that, you know, you can bring others into and help to make things better, even just for those few people, um, that's been really rewarding in the military. And I think emergency medicine uh, is especially that can really allow people to do that as well. Yeah, I think that transition in, into being an R1 was uh, clearly something that you've thought about intentionally, this idea of what change can you make on a grassroots level? Because a lot of the discussions that we end up having also kind of come back to that as well, I've noticed with you, is, is this idea of, well, what can we do right now on the ground to start making that change that we want to see? So I can see where it comes from now. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, kind of transitioning to now being a resident R1, we're kind of almost midway through our first year of residency. We've had a lot of off-service time. We've also been on service for quite a bit. So I'm sure you've had a chance to stretch some of those skills and, and experience that you got in the military. How has that transition been for you into residency, first and foremost? And how have you applied what you know now in the emergency department? Yeah, so I certainly think the military uh, has really helped me uh, with that transition. And one particular thing that I think often about is that in the military, the, the degree of supervision is a lot less than in the emergency department or in the hospital in general. Um, and so when I was, you know, say, younger than 18 in the military providing care to people, I had less supervision then than I have as a resident now in the emergency department, um, and certainly a whole lot less knowledge. Um, and so I think I feel a lot co more comfortable now recognizing the degree of support and the amount of support that I have. I think that kind of enables me to provide a bit better care and kind of stretch uh, my boundaries a little bit more and feel a little bit more comfortable in doing so. Uh, so that has been really nice. Um, but I think where it's it's also helped quite a bit is uh, confidence. Uh, it's given me a confidence in myself, uh, but also really helped me to recognize my limitations. Having had those experiences, I understand what uh, to expect in terms of feelings when I'm kind of coming up near my limitations. Um, and just having that kind of general sense of where I can comfortably operate and where I cannot comfortably operate and when I should seek out uh, support. So I think it's been very helpful uh, for having that well-defined. And I think the other thing that's been really helpful to me about kind of the interplay between what I do with the military and what I do as a resident is kind of this duality of the kind of teacher-learner dynamic that I get to experience. Um, so in the military, my work is almost exclusively on the teaching side, whereas a resident, more often than not, you're on the learner side of things. And so I think uh, kind of getting to experience both simultaneously, they help to inform one another. Um, so my work with the military informs how I approach learning, uh, but also my work or my experience as a learner in the emergency department uh, informs how I teach uh, with the military. So that's been very helpful to me. That's awesome, Garrett. I think that's about all the questions that I have. Um, but, you know, otherwise, I just wanted to say this kind of sounded like a, a CARMS interview. And as someone <laughs> who we just went through CARMS together, uh, clearly did an amazing job because that sounded awesome. You're still very much practiced. And if I had interviewed you today for this program, you'd still be an R1 at Macamerge. So, uh, you know, excited to get, get, get a chance to learn together for the next five years. Uh, I'm excited for everyone else to meet the rest of the PGY ones as well. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me on, Grinder. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mac Emerge podcast. We hope that this brings you new information and helps you up your game so you can deliver better patient care to our region. Remember, we are always looking for new talent and expertise 
to feature in our podcast. So if you're interested, please feel free to contact us at our email at macemergepodcast at gmail.com. We're also looking to improve your experience, so please submit your feedback as well. Again, thanks for listening. Let's all stay connected. Mac Emerge out! <laughs>